You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit hbcyr.ca. Amen. The work of redemption in our lives is an amazing work of God, and uh, we rejoice in it. Uh, This week, we dive back into a series we started last summer uh, called Redemption, God's Great Plan. And uh, today, we want to take a look at the topic of of regeneration. Um, Regeneration. It was awesome to think about the work that God did in sending Jesus Christ so that we could have eternal life. As a matter of fact, I would argue before your feet hit the floor every morning, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should stop and, and take a little bit of focus on what God has done and the working of your salvation. Um, It's the thing that's going to keep you focused through the day that you get your eyes fixed on him and you don't get distracted by all of the other things that distract us in our walk. And it's understanding what the gospel has done and uh, what it it has accomplished for it. So uh, this idea of redemption is so critical for us. And uh, we're going to take a minute to do a little bit of review since we were out of this since last year and then coming back in. But uh, the discussion or the topic or the title of, of the work about our salvation is called soteriology. That's the a theological term. Um, and you can look at it from different perspectives, not that different than if you went down to New York and we're uh, looking at the... Um, the Statue of Liberty, you could you know, see it from behind, you could see it uh, from the side, you could see it from up front, and, and you get a bit of a different perspective on it. And so uh, there are different perspectives on the way that you can look at this topic of, of redemption. One of the ways you can look at it is through the eyes of, of the term that we would use, salvation. Um, the idea that you were saved from something. It's kind of the picture of the lifeguard who comes and reaches down and pulls you out and, and you're saved. It's a, a picture of salvation. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Uh, That's the idea of rescue in our salvation. Another lens you could look at it through is through the lens of reconciliation, a relationship that is destroyed uh, back in Genesis when man falls in his sin and this relationship is destroyed and man spiritually dies and, and now there's a reconciliation that's happening through this work that's called redemption. And so the idea of it is that something that was broken, a relationship that was dis- destroyed is now a restored. Uh, Romans 5.10 says, for if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son so much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? And so this would be the lens of reconciliation. And then there's another lens you could look at it through, and that would be the lens of redemption. Um, That's the idea of paying a a ransom. Uh, Something is bought back. And uh, that's the idea of Jesus Christ being the ultimate sacrifice, the one who could satisfy the wrath of God. He was the perfect lamb that came, and he was the one who shed his blood, and he he was the only one who was ever in a position to do that. So that's kind of looking at this idea of redemption uh, through the idea of, of a purchase or redemption or paying a ransom. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You were bought with a price, and so as a result of that, glorify God in your body. That's that idea I was saying about before you get out of bed in the morning, you need to think about the work Jesus Christ has done in your salvation. So glorify God in your body. 
Redemption is really all about man's need and uh, the separation, the death. It's a, redemption's about God's glory. Redemption is about God's will. And then redemption is about uh, God's working, and that's really what this series is about. Um, we see God's working um, from before the foundation of the earth in our calling. Uh, we studied that last summer. You can go back and listen to that message. You may not recognize the speaker because he was about 80 pounds heavier back then. I was, uh, I was thinking about people who are going to watch the series and they'll see it and they'll see it and they'll say, they go, what happened to that guy between week three and four? But, uh, um, but this idea of, of uh, God's working and his calling in our lives. And, and today we want to talk about the topic of regeneration. Next week, we'll talk about, Lord willing, the topic of conversion. And then as we go through the rest of the uh, summer, we'll look at justification and adoption. Ultimately, regeneration and conversion and justification and adoption, they, they happen like that. But we need to understand them so that we can understand how awesome this working of God is in our lives and what his part in it, and then what is our part in this and in what is doing, and then we'll take a look at sanctification and hanging in there and perseverance, and then ultimately in the last week, Lord willing, we will uh, look at glorification as we uh, consider all that there is for us and what we're looking forward to, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's kind of the snapshot of, of, of where this series goes, but the whole purpose of this series is so that we can better understand how awesome the work is that God has done in saving us. The reality, the source of the redemption is Jesus Christ, and the instrument of that redemption is the blood of Christ shed on a cross that um, stands for the fact that Christ died as the Lamb of God. He was the sacrificial substitute the object of that redemption is you and me and our sin and slavery and death. And then the result of that redemption is our forgiveness and our deliverance and our adopted and being called a son of God. It's amazing that God would call us sons. And, um, and then we look forward to glory. So that's where we're headed. We're going to talk today about the topic of regeneration. We're going to launch into it from John chapter 3. So uh, let's stand together as we uh, look at God's word. And I want to read verses 1 uh, through 8. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your awesome word and the awesome work in our salvation, Lord. We thank you for uh, the reality that uh, you reached down to us when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We had no desire toward you, and uh, you made a way for us in the work of Jesus Christ. Lord, we live in a society, we live in a world where we try to work for everything we do, and, and Lord, we can't work for this because you did it for us. 
And, and our, our response, or our part is to respond. And so, Lord, as we look at this topic of redemption, and today as we look at this, the principle here of regeneration, this work that you've done taking us from death to life, Lord, that I had nothing to do with. Lord, to teach us from your word, encourage our hearts, give us ears to listen carefully, and then, Lord, rejoice in what we hear. Give us minds to understand and comprehend it. But, God, then would you, through the power of your spirit, as we've been singing, the power of your spirit, God, would you uh, give us a passion and faith to live these things out for the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, let's uh, just kind of get the context here a little bit, and then there's some principles we want to pull out on this topic of regeneration. And, and so the story here in um, chapter 3 and verses 1 to 4 and 1 to 8, actually, is about a guy named Nicodemus. Um, now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the, Jew, of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, so this man, Nicodemus, was a ruler, a ruler of the Jews. Uh, he was a Pharisee. He would have been a well-educated man. He was influential in his society. Um, he was a ruler. Um, but he comes to Jesus and he calls him rabbi, um, teacher. Um, he didn't understand what the working of Christ was yet. Um, he understood that Jesus was doing things that he never could do or he had never seen before. But this man, Nicodemus, comes to him and he says, teacher, See, if he had understood more about who Christ was, he would have come and called him Messiah. And so he didn't see him as the Messiah. He didn't understand what was going on. He was still wrestling with his own self-righteousness, as all of us do before we uh, come to Christ. And he says to him, Rabbi, um, says that he came to Jesus by night. And why did he come by night? Well, maybe he's truly seeking after uh, the Lord and trying to find out what this guy Jesus is really doing is he's going around. There's lots of activity happening. There's people who are being changed. There's healing that's happening. There's demons that are being cast out. A God is doing a work and he comes to him by night. Why night? Well, maybe he was afraid. Not afraid of Jesus, but he was afraid of what other people would think. And so he tries to come to Jesus when nobody else will see. And maybe that's why he came by night. The Bible doesn't say. Uh, maybe he came after night because the crowds are gone and he would have more time to spend with Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is he calls him rabbi, teacher. And uh, he's interested. He's looking. He's wondering. And, uh, and Jesus says to him, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now understand that he comes and he has this sense that he's already arrived. He's got it all figured out. He, he has the pedigree. He has the letters after his name. He's, he's got it all figured out. And what Jesus is about to say to him and what Jesus says to him is radical for him. Because he figured as a, as a follower, as a Jew, as a devout Jew, he had it all put together. And Jesus says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
And so what he's about to go through is, is a radical transition for him that everything I trusted in, everything I hoped for, Jesus is saying that's not the right answer to the question. You know, I thought about that in our society and what does that look like even for, uh, for people who grow up in a religious background, a, a Christian religious background and, and uh, we have people who come to our church or lots of people out on the street who think they're okay before God because their mom and dad went to church, they took them to church, they figured they had it all figured out and, and then Jesus goes, no, 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 no. You must be born again. You must be changed. And every single person in this room, if we're going to stand before God made righteous so that God's wrath would be satisfied, we come to a place where we make a decision. Now, that's really next week's message. I'm not going to go too far into it, but, but that's a reality that we come to. That's the tension we come to that you must be born again. It's something that has to happen in your life. The faith of your father, the faith of your mother, the faith of your spouse, the fact that you went to church isn't going to get you to heaven. It might get you to the opportunity where you hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but faith is a personal decision where we follow after Christ. And I'm saying that, giving some clarity to that, because um, we're going to dive into that as the whole topic next week. It's not really the topic of this week. But unless one is born again... Unless you have been born again, the Bible says you cannot see the kingdom of God. So all of his righteousness, all of his self-righteousness, all of the pedigree he had, none of it was going to bring him to God. It was a personal relationship that would make the difference. And Jesus says you must be born again. That word born again in our society has a negative connotations. And people even say things like, are you a born againer? Are you a born againer? Let me tell you this. Embrace Bible words. Yes, I am born again. And yes, I do believe you have to be born again. Well, that's a crutch. Who do you think you are? And all the, hey, I'm a mess. And without Jesus Christ, I have no hope. And so don't fear Bible words. And don't be afraid to use them. When the Bible says you must be born again, don't be afraid to say that. When Jesus said it, it put this guy into a tizzy. He wasn't sure. I thought I had it all figured out. And, and now I don't have it all figured out. And he begins to question that you must be born Again, he says, how can a man be born when he is old? You can imagine what's going on in his head, right? The next thing. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's one of those, uh, the Captain Obvious, no. Right? No, you can't. But he's trying to figure out, what does Jesus mean? I, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought the way I was born as a Jew, I had all this stuff. I thought I was okay. <coughs> And Jesus is saying no. So was he being sarcastic? Was he being harsh? Was he sincerely questioning? He didn't know. He didn't know what the answer was. And so how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time? I, Lord, I thought I had it all figured out. And verses 5 to 7, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot see the, enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. You must be born again. 
Well, what does it mean to be born of water and, and born of the Spirit? And there are some different views on this. And ultimately, at the end of the day, they don't really matter. But people, as they wrestle through this text, they try to figure, what's Jesus talking about when he says you must be a born of water and you must be a born of the Spirit? And, uh, and so some people think born of water means you've got to be baptized. And uh, so that baptism is part of your salvation. Um, I don't believe that, but some people do. Some have thought that born of water uh, means to be born again by the word of God. We are washed by the water of the word. Um, okay, there's an argument that can be made. Some people think this born of the water means to be re regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And other people believe that the thought is that born of water refers to your physical birth. And then you are born of the Spirit. It's where I lean. It's what I believe. It's, and I think the clear reading of God's Word is the easiest place to go. And, uh, and so when the text says, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's physical birth, and the Spirit, that's spiritual birth, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Remember, he's just answering the question, can a man go back into his mother's womb? No, you can't. You've already been born of water. But now you need to be born of the Spirit. And, and that's what the cry of Christ was for him. And that's what the cry of the pastor of a church is for his people. And the question is, have you been born of the Spirit? You have the physical birth. You're here. You're in the room. But have you made that transition? Have you made that transfer of your trust to Christ? Have you been born of the Spirit of God? And here you have this man who thinks he had it all figured out and all of the pieces and Jesus is saying, you don't have it all figured out. You, you're missing the most important thing and that's the change of your life that's caused by the Spirit of God. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3 says, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of man. And so we're all equal in the sense that we have fallen, we are sinners, and we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but we need to be made alive by the work of God. Jesus goes on, he says, do not marvel to you that I say you must be born again. Jesus wants him to take hold of the fact that he doesn't have it and he must be born again because without that, no one will enter the kingdom of heaven who was not born again. John 1, 12 and 13 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You're born of the flesh, but then to be saved, you're born of the Spirit, and that's what the text is coming to. And it's a mystery. This whole picture of our salvation is an awesome work that doesn't start with me. It's an awesome work that starts with God. See, too many of us in our journey, too many of us in our thinking is somehow we came to Christ. You didn't come to Christ. Christ came to you. You were dead. You didn't strive for Christ. You are at enmity with God. You didn't want anything to do with God. 
And God begins this work in you. And God does this work. And uh, last summer we looked at the, the calling of God and, a rede- uh, and, and the electing of God. And before the foundation of the world, your salvation was known to God. And then that salvation starts to work out in your life by this thing that's called being born again. Or the theological term is regeneration. It's a working of God. You must be born again. Um, Regeneration, here's what it is. You want to write down a little definition of it. Regeneration is an act of God in which he imparts new spiritual life to us. Regeneration is not your work. Regeneration is an act of God in which he imparts new spiritual life to us. Well, don't I have to believe? Don't I have? We're going to see that. That's next week's message. But this is the working of God. Without this working of God, without the regenerating work of the Lord Jesus Christ, without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, you would not come to Christ. You would reject the Lord. So let's work through some things here that will just help us to understand this. Here's the first wing. This, this thing, the first idea here is that this is a total work of God. It's a total work of God. It is morally and spiritually impossible for those who are dead in their sin to respond to God's calling. It's impossible. But God does this work. God begins the work. God does the calling. God does the regenerating. I remember my mom used to uh, pray these verses over us as a family from Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. Romans 8, 8 says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. John 6, says, no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. I will raise him up on the last day. This work of our salvation, this work of, of regeneration is, is a gift from God. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Now, here's what happens so often, I think, in our society. We get the idea of gift and reward confused. So somebody comes, and they do a good job for you, and, um, and, and they've been very faithful and all the rest, and you're like, oh, we need to buy them a gift. No. You're going to give them a reward. You're going to give them a reward. They did something, and you appreciated it, and you were thankful for it, and so you go out and you buy them something, and you give them a reward. It's not really a gift. A gift is unearned. A gift is not deserved. A gift is way more like Christmas when you go out and buy stuff for your kids who've been obnoxious 364 days of the year, and yet you love them so much, you go out and you give them something that they didn't earn and they didn't deserve. See, that's the working of Christ. Otherwise, it's about, it's about what I did, and now I get something in response. And the working of God, this working of God in our salvation is a gift that comes from him that you didn't earn and you didn't deserve. And that's why it's so awesome. And that's why every day we should wake up with, look what the Lord has done for me. I want to live for his glory. Not so that I get a reward. I've already got the gift. See, this idea of regeneration is the working of God that he has done in us. Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. 
What, what did you have to do with your physical birth? Nothing. On September 3rd, 1958, I just showed up on the delivery table. <laughs> I didn't do anything for it. I didn't. I didn't. That work was all done. In my spiritual birth, the picture was the same. And what do you do for your spiritual birth? Nothing. That work for your spiritual birth is all done by God. It's an amazing picture when you take hold of it and you realize all of this is because of God's grace. All of this is because of God's goodness. All of this is because of God's faithfulness that he knew about before the foundation of the world. What you have is truly a gift. It's not a reward for something you did. It's what God did. That's the picture of regeneration. And the regeneration of your heart taking you from death to life is a work of God. It's a work of God. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see that these things happen, and they're layered right on top of each other. Right? They, th th this fact of what happens, we'll see more next week when we consider what it means to have faith and repentance in our life. That, that happens to the person who's regenerated, but they didn't get regenerated in, you know, five years ago, and now they have faith. I mean, it happens. They're layered on top of each other. And, and then a justification and adoption as sons of God. All of that, I believe, is happening like that. But we need to understand that although it's all, that happens all layered in on top, it also needs to be understood and separated so we can rejoice in the working of God in my salvation. I wanted nothing to do with him. I was born again by the Spirit of God. I was born again by the work of God. It's a total work of God. Here's the next thing. It's a mysterious work of God. It's a mysterious work of God. Um, the exact nature of regeneration is mysterious to us. We don't understand it all. How did I go from being dead to being made alive? Um, but every part of me is affected when I am regenerated. I put my trust in Christ out of the working of God to change me, to bring me from death to life. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And Jesus finishes up in this text by talking about the wind. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, and you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is a born of the Spirit. This is a working of God that he does in us. Um, regeneration is an instantaneous work, but it leads to a changed life. You can't understand the work of God in your salvation and then come to the place of faith and repentance and not be changed. There's no room in Scripture, there's no room in the truth of God's Word that I can just trust Jesus, I've got my ticket to heaven, and now it makes no difference in my life. It makes all of the difference in your life. You understand that's the only place you have any hope. And that's why we live out of this hope of the gospel. That's why we, before you put your feet on the floor in the morning, it's like rejoice in what God has done for you. Rejoice in what Christ has accomplished for you. Because of this awesome work that God has done in, in you and for your salvation. It's, a, it's a, a mysterious work of God for sure. 
Do I understand it all? No, I'll understand it better when I get to heaven. But I know this. I know I needed a savior. And God sent his son. And he did the work. He offered the gift. And I received the gift. And I turned. But I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. It's because of what God has done uh, for me. It's a, a mysterious work of God. It's a critical work of God. It's a critical work of God. It, it comes, this work of regeneration comes before saving faith. Um, in Acts 16, verse 14, it says, One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. Here it is. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Colossians 2.13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your, of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. This work of regeneration in your life is not your work. It's the work of Jesus Christ. It's the work of God the Father. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, taking you from death to life. And it's a critical work of God. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to be on the woohoo plan for, look what the Lord did for me. Look what I have because of this gift, this critical work, this work that God has done in my life. Regeneration is absolutely necessary because we would not follow God if it were not for that work. It's not optional. We read in the text, it says, flesh gives birth to flesh. The best you can do is reproduce yourself in flesh, and fleshly life produces a fleshly life, and a sinful life produces a sinful life. And so this work of the Spirit, it's not an optional thing. It's the working of God and the work of His Spirit. Regeneration is part of what God does for us. He does it at the moment of our salvation. And regeneration is God making a person spiritually alive as a result of faith in Jesus Christ. And so what's the result? Well, a coming out of this regeneration is peace with God. It's peace with, peace with God. Have you heard me say it before? I, when we're going to stand before God one day and give an account for the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life and you know, the way that we would phrase it today would be like, you're going to stand before God and he's going to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? I don't actually think that's going to happen like that. But understanding the truth of what's going on there is the answer is because of him. Because of him. Why should I let you in my heaven? Well, Lord, I tried hard. I worked hard. No, no, no. Because of him. Because I was dead in my trespass. Because I couldn't do anything about it. Because the Lord Jesus Christ died for me. Because Christ brought me from death to life. I, I transferred my trust from what I thought I was in. I, I turned from my sin and was growing up in Christ. But God, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about what he did. It's all about what he accomplished for me. That's the critical work that God's done. And as a result of that, I have peace with God. Peace with God. This message that I'm preaching today I was supposed to preach last year on July the 22nd. It was the message in my Bible as I was preparing uh, for the evening on Saturday night, and I had my heart attack. 
Um, so in some ways, it's so cool for me to be able to finish this series. Because like the first days after, I wondered, will I ever be able to finish this series? Right? And the Lord has been so gracious to me. But I've got to tell you, even through what I went through in that, and God was so gracious and all that, but I had peace with God. Why? Because my hope, my eternity is not based on, I hope I performed well enough. I hope, because I'm a failure in so many ways. But God's grace is so sufficient in God's work, and, and the result of regeneration in your life is peace with God. I'm with Him. He's the reason. His working. What He did. That's what this is all about. It's a critical work. It's a critical work of God. And and then here's the last thing. It's a powerful work of God. It's a powerful work of God. I told you next week we're going to take a look at the topic of conversion. And in that, we're going to talk about as God makes you alive, as God does this work of making you born again. Remember, you didn't do anything to be born. You just showed up on the table, right? And God does all that work. Okay, but in the, in the spiritual journey of that, in the picture of salvation of that, there's then our response to that. And that's what we call faith. We put our faith in Christ. We transfer our trust. And we go on, I'm no longer got my hope in what I do or what I accomplish or all the things I do. I'm putting my faith in Christ. And with that, laying right on top of that is repentance. It's a turning. It's a, I was walking in this way and I'm having a change of mind and I'm not walking in that way anymore. I'm going in a new way. See, that's what happens to every single person who has uh, understood what God has done and God has regenerated. They transfer their trust and they turn in in repentance and they follow um, Jesus Christ. This is a powerful work that God does, but it's the gift that he offers. The gift of salvation that's offered through Jesus Christ and it's received not by your works or by, the, by your parents' plan or, or going to church. It's, it's received by transferring your trust, putting your faith in the working and the finished work of Jesus Christ. Have you done that today? All that God has done for you. You're in this room, you've been coming to church and, and, and today you're like, I, I, I don't have that. But the Spirit of God is working in your life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And you will change. You have to change. You can't understand the work of Christ and what he's done and not be changed by it. But you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's a gift. All done by Christ. All accomplished for you. It's a powerful work of God received by faith in Christ alone. If you've never trusted Christ, this is the day. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, his working what he did, and you will be saved. This change that happens in our lives because of this powerful work of Christ. You can leave the book of John and go over to the book of 1 John. There's a few verses I want you to to see there as we kind of wrap this all up. But there's some things that happen in our lives when we take hold of what Christ has done. Here's, here's one. We cannot go on sinning. We cannot go on sinning. First um, John 3 and verse 9 says, no one born of God, right? you must be born again, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. The person who's put their trust in Christ, okay, look up here for a second. We're not talking about sinless perfection. We're talking about never sins. Or there's not a single person in this room that has any hope. Right? 
It's not what he says. He says, no, it goes on sinning. sinning. There's no willing sin that I just keep living in and I don't care about anymore. Why? Because I've been born of God because of the work of Jesus Christ. The picture of sanctification isn't, I, I trusted Jesus and now I'm perfect. The picture of sanctification that we come to in our walk is how we change and grow up in Jesus Christ. But, but the things that we were struggling with six years ago, six months ago, they shouldn't be the things we're struggling with today because of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this is a powerful work of God. And one of the results of it is we don't keep on sinning. We live differently because of the work of Christ. Cannot go on sinning. Here's another one. We're Christ-like in our love. 1 John 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. He's not talking about the phileo, the feeling kind of love. He's talking about the agape kind of love, the love that makes a commitment, the love that is not looking for a return. On the, it's a giving kind of love. And followers of Jesus Christ, not only are they striving to put sin away in their lives, they're striving to love like Jesus Christ loved because the power of God's Spirit in us, this is a powerful work, our regeneration that changes us. It's a powerful work of God that helps us to overcome the world. 1 John 5, uh, verses 3 and 4. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not a burden. For everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And so Christ does this work, and we trust Christ, and we are overcomers. Why? Because we're born of God. God's spirit is now in us. And the things of the world, although the temptation of them can be there, the enticement to them is, is taken and put aside because of what Christ has done. I don't want the worldly things. I don't want what the world offers. I want what Christ offers. And more and more, I grow up in that every day because this work of regeneration is a powerful thing. The powerful work of God is protection against Satan. 1 John 4, in verse 4, says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have protection from the evil one. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The work of regeneration is an awesome work that God does in our lives. And what's accomplished for us is so crucial and so important. What's that looking like in your life today? What is the regenerating work of Christ in your salvation doing in your daily walk? Are you still struggling with the same sin you were struggling with six years ago? The victory is yours in Jesus Christ. People who are followers of Christ, people who are born again, don't go on doing what they do. That is because you haven't repented. You're still caught up in the, what you love and what you want to do and what you want to enjoy. And, and you're trying to have feet in both camps. You can't have feet in both camps. Jesus is who he says he is or he isn't. And follow Jesus Christ. Now remember, I said, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I wrestle with sin in my life every day. But I don't keep on sinning. 
And when it's called out in my life, I seek to come to the Lord and come in true repentance, not regret, not regret. That's what the world gets to, regret. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Really? God, I messed up. Turning. I'm moving in a new way. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did for me. This powerful work of God in our regeneration. Well, so what? So what? This calling of God before the foundation of the world, this regenerating work of God where he takes you from being dead to making you alive. It's ours when we trust Christ in faith and turn in repentance. God, God adopts us as his children. Before God, I'm made just like I never said. I can't wait to get to preaching. And I was looking at it this morning. I wish I was preaching that message this morning too, but you can only do one at a time. This work of God and what he's done. And then the, I'm going on for him in my sanctification and, and in my perseverance until I go to be with the Lord one day, getting my eyes fixed on that. That well done, good and faithful servant. That we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you get out of bed tomorrow morning, if you have a nap this afternoon, when you get up from whatever you're doing today, we need to live out of the awesome, absolute awesome realization that the work of God in our redemption is what saved us. And because of who Jesus is and what he has done for us, God, I want to live for you. I want to live for your glory every day, moving forward for the fame of our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and the challenge of it. We thank you for this man, Nicodemus. He thought he had it all figured out. He, he thought he had all the pieces. He thought he was safe. And then Jesus rocks his world by saying, you must be born again. And really what Jesus was saying, all the things you trusted and all the things you thought you had, they're not taking you where you need to go. You must be born again. Lord, I thank you for the regenerating work you did in my heart and you did in my life. Lord, I trusted Christ. I trusted that work. I'm with him. He's the one. And now, Lord, I want to turn. I want to live for you. Lord, teach us how we do that. But, Lord, living it out of the awesome work of the gospel, living it out of the work that you have done, living for the fame of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name. Amen.